This is About to Drop, a podcast where I interview independent artists about music that they're about to release. In each episode, I'll have a conversation with a new artist to talk about where they came from, how they got started in music, and most importantly, what they're going to be releasing next. We'll cover all sorts of topics, including the writing process, recording, producing, and even things like marketing, branding, and promotion. So thanks for tuning in, and let's get started with the episode. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of About to Drop. I'm here today with Amber Kaminga. How's it going? Good, how are you? I'm doing pretty well. Uh, it's You're over in Amsterdam, right? So we have like a, it's a five hour difference, I think, or six hours. I think it's six. Oh yeah, it's... Yeah, it's. I think it's seven forty-five here. I don't know where you're at. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, those always throw me off whenever I set these up. Sometimes people are in LA or in like Dubai or something, so I always have to account for that. But how's your week going? That's fun. I think you're. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, I was just saying. How's your week going? Pretty good, yeah, pretty good. Just, uh, I mean, I don't know how it is over there, but we're kind of in a lockdown, so it's a lot of time at home. <laughs> yep, we're in a lockdown, Which for too. music isn't the worst thing. Nope, not at all. Oh, same? Oh, well, yeah. Actually, where I am right now, it's been, like, snowing for the past, like, week or so, like, on and off, so there's, like, a oh, foot of snow nice. outside, which just makes us want to stay inside even more, you know? I guess a foot is a lot, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't know what the metric would be. Anyway, <laughs> I think I, I have I have an idea. But we had the same thing last week. We were snowed in. It was really nice. We never get that. Really, isn't it like cold out there? Like in general? Uh, yeah, but never but never cool enough or rarely cold enough. Unfortunately, oh. we just get like the the lame kind of cold where it's a little cold and just raining a lot. Oh, okay, I thought it was like one of those snowy countries. Like Switzerland or Norway or something. Nope, nope. Unfortunately. <laughs> uh, cool. Yeah. Why don't we uh, just jump right in? Um, can you tell me uh, or yeah, tell us a little bit about um, you know how you got started in music, um, how you got started as you know an artist, and and kind of everything that got you up to where you are today. Whew. All right. Well, let's see how I got started. I think I've always listened to a lot of music. Um, Naturally, I don't know why. Uh, and I think what I always see as the point that we started is when I got obsessed with Avril Lavigne and I wanted to play guitar. Um, so when I picked up the guitar and played like pop songs, I started to really like it. And I was always writing in diaries and stuff. I always did that. And at some point, those two got mixed up together, you know, the writing things and the playing songs or knowing chords on a guitar. So that kind of happened naturally, but it took me a very long time to actually perform. I think I was 19 when I did my first performance in Amsterdam for like a student festival. And uh, I used like a nylon string, I think $100 guitar that had to be mic for the performance. So that was a very interesting start. <laughs> and uh, after that, I think, yeah, I think that was in 2012 was my very first performances and then I didn't do too much after that, just more writing and sharing songs with people and seeing how people liked it and trying to get better and gradually started to take it more seriously. And um, yeah, after I think after I, I, I was done with law school, I went to Nashville and 
got sold on the whole songwriting business. So that's the long story short. <laughs> okay, yeah, there's a bunch of stuff in there. So were you writing your own music from the start or did that come a little bit later? Um, yeah, I kind of was. I, I just, I didn't see it as that because I was always writing things just because I wanted to do that. I liked keeping a diary and stuff and so journaling then combined with the course that I didn't know because it's nice to do and because I listened to a lot of music and the way it was structured in pop music. So that's kind of how I just started doing that, I think. Okay. And did you ever play with a group or has it always been like a, a solo a solo act? <laughs> I was too afraid to do that. It took, me, uh, it took me quite some years to get out of the songwriter closet. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I did it a long time just in my in my bedroom and then I think after a couple of years I assembled after I think after I did my first performances I started assembling people that I would play with and then around 2017 played with my band a lot I see okay and now yeah yeah okay so um before COVID hit and everything were you playing out regularly with your band or was it just kind of infrequently? Uh, infrequently, yeah. Not regularly anymore. I think in 2017 we did a lot because we uh, kind of self-recorded our first EP. So to support that I arranged some kind of tour and uh, we played a lot of stages and whenever they would have us full band that we would play but if they would only have us as a duo or something then we would do a stripped down version of our set. So whatever was needed for a venue. Um, and I think 2019 played a lot less, started playing a lot less. I did, um, I think, a, a, a couple of performances in Nashville and a couple of performances throughout the UK um, solo. Okay. But that and was about it because I was more focused on the songwriting, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you mentioned you were in Nashville. Can you tell me about, um, you know, what brought you out to Nashville and, you know, what you went there for and, and how long you were there? Yeah, yeah, sure, yeah, well... I guess everybody, when they do music, or at least for me, because I love country music, or what I, what I knew to be country music, so I knew that I had to go to the to to Nashville and to Tennessee. Also, partly because of a Taylor Swift obsession, I guess that came after the Avril Lavigne obsession. <laughs> so uh, that's how I heard about Nashville. And so uh, when I graduated, I went there um, just to explore, see what it's like, buy a guitar, um, but ended up playing the Bluebird before I left, oh. and then. After that, just went back for songwriting retreats and more performances and co-writes and most always, always just for the fun. But you know, I try to get as much out of it as I can. That's really cool. Um, before COVID hit, I was planning on taking a couple trips out for similar kinds of reasons, just you know, co-writes and um, meeting people, networking, that yeah. kind of thing. And Nashville was on the list. Uh, my wife and I went there three, four years ago, maybe a little longer. Um, really cool city. How, how did you like it over there? In Nashville? Mm -hmm. Like, like, oh, how, yeah, did you, like how did you like the city? I love it. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah, I, I completely loved it. Love the fact that you were surrounded by music and by musicians and that country music was a thing because I don't know how it is for you over there, but over here there's not much of a country music scene in general. <laughs> so it was really nice to just hear the music that I've been listening to forever on the radio and see it everywhere. How did you get into country music? Because I feel like that's it's pretty heavily like an American thing. Like maybe Australia has some too, but uh, I don't think it's too big in Europe, right? Yeah, and I believe the UK too. 
Mm. No, it's not. I think the UK and Germany have most of it, if it's if it's anything at all. Uh, but yeah, it's definitely American. But maybe because uh, I mean, Avril Lavigne kind of had some country roots if you listen to some of her old songs and uh jewel was some someone i really loved when i was younger and then michelle branch and the records and that was really country and then taylor swift came and then i found out that this was country music kind of so got into that rabbit hole and gotcha you know those are all great artists that's how i got into it and then i realized yeah sorry no, I'm saying those are all great artists. Like I, I found myself getting into country music. Uh, I think like right when I met my wife when we first started dating, because she's a huge country music fan. And at the time, I was playing in rock oh, bands, really? and it was like not, not cool. <laughs> but they're like, you know, we would just be in the car <laughs> doing stuff, and I'd be listening to it, and I'd be like, oh, this is actually not too bad. And then at one point, I was like, you know, I could write this stuff. This is not difficult. Um, and then I tried writing some with some people, and I was like, oh, no, this is way harder than it seems. <laughs> like, these are some really, it's really good writers. very subtle storytelling. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Well, what kind of artists did you, like, uh, did you pull you over to the dark side? <laughs> uh, well, right now I really like um, Chris Stapleton. Uh, I liked Miranda Lambert I'm a big yeah. fan of. Uh, Guilty Pleasure, some Florida Georgia Line, like some of their songs. Um, Taylor Swift, I'm a big fan. Sorry, of. I didn't hear the last one. Florida Georgia Line. Yeah. They're they're like I like I know they're not. Oh right, yeah. I, I know they're bad, but I kind of like them. <laughs> oh no! Don't apologize to me. I I love those really slick kind of country bands too. Mm-hmm. I like the more like uh, the the more Americana stuff like Jason Isbell as well, but also the really smooth ones. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, even like um, I think his name is Chris Young. I don't think he's put anything out in a while. I'm a big fan of his. We saw him a few years ago, too. Um, but, yeah, just the, the storytelling, the songwriting, it's just really, really, really well done, you know? Yeah, that's that's that got me to this, mainly the storytelling and how it's – the songs are usually not super difficult when it comes to the chords and, the, you know, the structure, but the storytelling is often so good. Well, yeah, and there, I think there's a difficulty in keeping it super simple, but still having a lot of like, you know, still saying a lot, you know. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, you have to not use too many words for it, mm-hmm. and that's why I've always also appreciated John Mayer because he does these very difficult things on guitar, but it's still very accessible music. It's interesting. Yeah, huge John Mayer fan here. Um, I wouldn't really consider him country, okay, but good. like, yeah, his song, his songwriting is incredible, and the guitar playing. I think he's done a little bit of everything by now. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, speaking about songwriting, why don't we talk a little bit about um, you know the music you've been writing uh, and your most recent release, which was Three AM. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. That's it. So can you, can you talk a little bit about um, how the song came together, um, what the song is about, what the whole writing process was like, uh, and even like how you generally write songs? Oh, that's, I think, I think if you ask, well, I don't know how it is for you, but mainly when you ask a songwriter, how do you write songs? It's like different every time. Uh, most of the time, some, you're either just messing about with your guitar and then something comes up or some lyrics are in your head and you're trying to match chords with the lyrics that you already have. So for me, it, it, it's those ways usually. 
but with co-writing, it's been a lot more trying to force something or trying to write on a melody that somebody already has, which I think is a nice, nice way to approach it, a nice way to learn more about songwriting and doing it in different ways. Um, for this song specifically, I, uh, I started writing it at the end of 2016. And I looked this up the other day to see <laughs> when did I actually start this one. And um, I finished it in 2017. And then I also did a rewrite again after someone said, maybe you should go for a more catchy chorus, you know, break the chorus up in a pre-chorus and a chorus. Tried that and also went back to the old version after that. Um, so that, like, as far as songwriting crosses is how that went. And the inspiration for the song was, yeah, really simple. I think if you listen to the song, it's, it's very, very obvious. I got a text late at night from someone who had been walking in and out of my life for years. And it was very late at night, always, always is. And then I was like, I don't need to know if you're at 3am. And that's how that started. And then I could envision the whole situation that that person was in texting me. And I was like, I'm not having it anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think is is a very common experience. Yeah, I mean, I know I've been on both sides of that text message. <laughs> yeah, I mean, me too. Yeah, both sides of the fence. <laughs> not going to lie. <laughs> Uh, do you? Does it usually take you that long to um, for a song to get finished? You know, from when you started, because 2017 till now, that's that's quite a while. <laughs> it's a long time, and it doesn't. Um, I finished this, I think, because I started writing it at the end of December, and I only had the chorus, and I was like, mm, "This is whatever. It's not great." And then I picked it up in early 2017, and when I Picked it up again, I finished the whole song in one sitting. Usually, when I like a song I've written, it's written quite fast. Um, this one just was laying around because I wasn't too interested in it. But we started playing it live in 2017 as well. And then I had a, a very good response from the audience, which is why the song became a favorite of ours to play as well, because everyone was so um, was responding so well to it. So after that, we decided, okay, we want to record this, but, uh, you know, then we write different songs, and I had a co-write with someone, and he's also a producer, and then we produced that song, and, and that was something I was really, for the first time, really happy with the end result, like the production was the way I had it in my head, and then when I thought, like, what's the next thing I'm going to do with this person, 3M was the first thing we thought of, because that was a song that we been wanting to record for a very long time since we had it in 2017 but we just never knew how to do it justice and now we now we found a way i think um for for the band like do they have a lot of input in how the recording gets done as well or is it more because every band dynamic is a little bit different right sometimes Um, they're, they're just like you know like hired musicians almost uh, but sometimes they're like really involved in the creative process too. Was um, when you were getting it produced um, and going through the recording process, were they? Was everyone really hands on with it, or was it more? Were you driving the uh, the bus on that one? <laughs> yeah, I'm always driving the bus. Um, but no, I have a guitar player who's really he's really like the person I I I trust with um, input and and help me and giving his feedback and so yeah he's definitely I think I, that's also why I listed him as a co-writer for this song because he's done a lot in the arrangements as well and he's um, I, I would I mean we don't actually write songs together but I come up with a melody and a lyric and then he will build the guitar around this or have ideas for different chords under it like 
So he's a big part of it, for sure. And usually when we play with band, I let them do their own um, their own instrument. Like the bass player does the bass things, and the drum player, you know, he figures out what the drum part should be like. I only give reference tracks, right? I want something like this or something like this. But I do give them a lot of freedom to just play something they think is right. Mm-hmm. That's cool. And, and how did you meet all of your bandmates? Were they friends, or did you uh, put up an ad or something like that? Um, I think I'm, I met my bass player through someone else that I played with for a while, and so he stuck around. And then I put up, I think I put up an ad on Facebook saying, like, hey, I'm looking for a guitarist and a drummer. <laughs> um, and, yeah, that's how I found the guitar player, and the, and the drummer's a friend of his, so he joined later. Was it a lot of searching? Because I've, I've done some searching for bandmates like that before, and we've gotten all sorts of people show up <laughs> to, to rehearsals. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, I think maybe because I was a starter and I was doing um, country pop music in a country that has no real audience for country pop music, um, it narrowed the search down a lot. Mm. <laughs> so I didn't have like auditions or anything. There were just a couple people that responded and with the, with the guitar player, I had a really, you know, a nice conversation and it felt good and he was very skilled, so... And he's open to doing new styles and trying out new songs, so that was a good match because you need to find someone who, well, wants to fit in your genre that you're doing. Well, that's good. I mean, it's lucky you found somebody so quickly. Um, and, and I guess it's... Yeah, yeah that, that, I, I can't even remember. Thing. I think, to me, it felt like it went really quickly, but I was, I'm still really happy with, with having him on board, for sure. That's great. Um, so... So you get the the song recorded and everything is done and released. Um, did you sit on it for a while before releasing it, um, or did you put it out right away? And, and what was that process like? Um, I think yeah, I did sit on it a little. It was done. Ha- I think second half of two thousand and twenty, uh, and I wanted to do like a proper release and you know figure out some stuff before releasing i'm not the best with like the marketing angle of things and the social media angle so i got a friend helping me with that like hey what's the kind of thing that works right now what kind of content should i create and try to really like make content before i start the release um well what would you call it the release track (laughs) um so no, I, I, I sat on it for a little bit, and when I was ready to release it, I think it was near the end of the year, and then I felt like, okay, it's too much Christmas music right now, so it's not going to make any sense to put anything out. So that's why I pushed it to 2021. Okay. Yeah, a, a lot of the artists I work with, it's the same thing with the marketing side. Like, everyone loves making the music, and that's so much fun, but then when it comes to like the social media marketing and all of that and putting a, a campaign together and a schedule... Nobody wants to do it. <laughs> No one wants to do it. We were just talking about it earlier. Like, you got to do it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, it's good you had a. Um, it feels it feels a little dirty. Yeah. A little bit dirty. What do you mean? Well, I just like you don't want to be so um, pushing it so hard. I feel like you just want to drop your music and have it stand on its own, and people be like, "Oh, it's great," but that's not how it works. You really need to push it really hard. Well, I think it's about like how you promote the music, 
right? Because you see a lot of people that are just like yeah. spamming on Facebook and Instagram and they're like, like my page or listen to my yeah. song or something like that. And like, they're not providing any value to the fan. Yeah. So the fan's like, why the hell would I, you know, go do this if, you know, just because you're telling me? Yeah, or they just like add people and inbox them like, hey, <laughs> listen to this. I mean, there's no incentive for me to go and listen. And then that's why that's why it's so hard, you know, because you don't want to be too pushy, but you also need to get the music in front of people. Mm -hmm. Did you find anything that worked, you know, particularly well when you were uh, promoting it? <laughs> Doing a pre-save campaign. I never did that before. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and well, this this is kind of my second series release, so it's it's not that bad. But uh, yeah, a Spotify pre-save campaign was a good idea, and also the social media like posts regularly, not like once a week. So leading up to the release, I made teasers and I made like all kinds of content to make sure I was posting almost every day mm -hmm. in the week of the release, and I think that it helped to get it in front of people. And also, I just emailed a ton of people like I researched blogs and everything and even the tiniest blog or radio station that could give it some attention or that does anything with my genre I just emailed them mm -hmm. yeah that's, that's that's part of the game you know until you have like a PR company or you know someone you know designated on your team to do it for you you have to do it yourself yeah yeah you gotta do the hustle and I, I, I don't mind like it, it's very rewarding because now it's for me, I mean, there's no big editorial playlist pushing it or anything, but for me, it's doing so much better than the last release that I'm happy that the effort I put in is resulting in something. Mm -hmm. Oh, for sure. Um, and as far as like the uh, the pre-save campaign, um, how did you get people to, to pre-save for it? Did you message them, email them, you know, ask them at shows? Did you have people physically put it in in front of you? <laughs> like. Oh, yeah, I think what I did, uh, because it, around Christmas I'm, I spontaneously wrote a song that I liked, so I made a demo of that, and then I said, if you follow me on Spotify and you send me a screenshot, I will send you that demo of the new song I've written. So I got a couple more followers from that, and then I did the pre-save campaign. I don't know, I don't know how that worked, actually. I think, of course, I send it to people I know, but also I put it on social media a lot, with teasers of the music, saying, like, hey, pre-save now um and that kind of worked i guess yeah it's yeah i ask you know folks that when they release stuff because for newer artists and even for like more experienced artists because things are always changing like we always have to figure out new ways that that work when we're you know putting out new music i had one artist yeah. on that um he like made he had some contest where he was like making things and if you like pre-save it, he would like randomly select people and like send it out to them. I don't know. It, it was clever, but it seemed to work because they got a lot of pre-saves out of it. Um, so like, you know, things like that where you're thinking out of the box. Yeah, I think, are always it seems useful. like that. Um, yeah, so, and so, it's just hard to come up with because, you know, you need to... Go ahead. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Go. Yeah, yeah. I was saying that it was just it's hard to come up with something like an incentive to for people to pre-save. So... A contest is also a good one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I feel like I'm talking over you. I think there's like a two second lag <laughs> in our in the audio. Yeah. Um, so it is fine. I mean, that's the thing with these digital things, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm not talking over you. I think I'm just. <laughs> I think it's just a time delay. 
<laughs> I'm almost used to it. Like after a year of doing uh, Zoom calls and everything, it's it's normal to be talked over. <laughs> Um, so yeah, can we talk a little bit about the alternate version of 3AM that you're going to be releasing? Yes, we can. Um, I just got the, like, the mix today, so it's a good day to talk about it. I wanted to do, because I don't know if you've heard the song, but it's explicit. And uh, I've gotten some responses from from like Nashville playlist saying, hey, like the song, but do you have a non-explicit version? Um, and this is something I discussed heavily with my producer while we were recording the song. Like, are we going to do the explicit version or should I do the version that I usually sing in the States when I sing this song? But we decided on doing the explicit version because it's true to the songwriting. And it, I think it serves the song. It's not like just unnecessary swearing. Um, but now I also wanted to do like an acoustic version, but it, it ended up being more like uh, a non-explicit version, but also a more dressed-down version, and I got strings on it and everything, um, which is something I've been wanting ever since I started doing music, because I think strings are, like, the, the best sound in the world. So I'm really, really happy with, like, the more sad version of the song, as opposed to the more angry version that I think 3M is now. I see. Um, yeah, I agree with you. I, I love strings on, on a track. I just... I'm, I'm, I just finished one track up, and um, we had like uh, like virtual instrument strings on it, and they sound like surprisingly good. But um, we wanted to get like a real string player, and I I know one that she plays all the different instruments. Yeah. So I just get her to come in, and we just like track like double or trip triple track every single instrument, every part, and then when we're done, it sounds like a whole like string section. It's really gorgeous. Uh, did you guys use a? It's uh, amazing. Like, yeah, uh, I. Did you guys use a real string section, or did you just use like the virtual instruments? At first, I had the virtual ones because I had a, had a friend who was really good with arranging them. Um, but then you could still hear that it's um, what we call them plastic strings. Yeah, yeah. So I decided, you know, I'm just going to ask uh, a cellist and a, a violin player to do the to do the actual recording, and uh, and, and they did, and it's it's amazing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah, just like a little, even if it's playing the same line, just like that little bit of, like, realism, uh, you know, that you can hear. It's like a subtle thing, but it really adds a whole, like, dimension to the song. Did, did you write these string arrangements yourself, or you mentioned you had yeah. someone help you with that? No, I did not do that. I, I have been starting to do uh, um, string arrangements on Logic just to try it out, but not for this one. I didn't do, I didn't do that. But um, I only gave them pointers, like in in respect of what what do I want in which part of the song. But no, they did mo they did it. Like uh, it's yeah, it's beautiful. It's awesome. So you had mentioned that it's like a, a little bit of a different um, vibe to this one. Did you re-record all the vocals as well to like suit the uh, more stripped down version? Well, usually when I work with this producer and we record vocals, we record hundreds of um, of takes so we can like pick from. Uh, and so for this one, you just pick the more raw ones because when I was recording this song, I actually had to cry when we were recording the vocals. So there's some more raw vocals in there than the ones that were used on the on the actual recording. And I think he used more of those for for this more emotional version. That's smart. <laughs> um. Do you, yeah, it is. <laughs> so, so when you're tracking vocals, and this is just out of my own curiosity, do you record, like, do you have an idea of what it's supposed to sound like going in, or do you guys try it a bunch of different ways 
and then like pick and choose the parts that you like? Um, I think we do both. Like for most songs that I record with him, it's uh, songs that I've been playing for a while that I know the the backings and everything for, and then some parts we add some more vocals or we take some away. But we the intention is always clear. Like the kind of vocals that we want in it is always clear from the start. Uh, he's just very good at guiding me through it because getting in that mindset is usually the hardest thing about doing vocals. I think. Yeah, I, I'm I, I'm a terrible singer, but I have a lot of people in that that do cut vocals. Um, what do you think is like one of the um, what, what helps you the most to get in into that headspace to track vocals? Turn the lights off. <laughs> I'm always in a dark vocal booth, and sometimes with like a really small candles or something, but really like no light and. Um, and just, yeah, I think being talked through it, like trying to go back to the place where I wrote it, because a lot of times there's, in the studio, there's a lot more than singing the song. There has to be like a certain emotion there for it to be translated to the recording. So that's why I think it's really helpful that um, that he produces, like he produces so well when it comes to being in the vocal booth. It's huge. It's something that I'm working on um as well because the more i'm doing it the more i realize how important that is and it's just you could sing all the notes you know you could sing all the right words the timing could be good but like the inflection and the emotion has yeah. to be good right it has to it has to work and yet and like you said you have to get that emotion to translate onto the mic that's a tough spot yeah yeah and i think basically what he's what he's doing is he's really coaching me like and that's where i got to the point where at the beginning of tracking the vocals i guess i started crying because he was so he was pushing me there and guiding me like almost like a coach and that's and that's it's a whole whole other job but that's part of vocal producing i think for sure yeah yeah and how did you link up with your producer was this someone that you also found on facebook <laughs> um i i ha he was um at my place last weekend and we were talking about this like how did we actually meet and when and i, I don't remember too much of it. I think through other people we found out about each other's existence and about liking the same music and about Nashville and then I think that the idea was to do a co-write um, and we did and that co-write turned out to be a song that I wanted to record with him and I knew that he was really good at doing the new country thing um, and he's one of the few people I think or maybe the only one in, in uh, the Netherlands who can do that that well so hmm. that, that, that made the choice really easy. <laughs> Well, yeah, if you don't have too many options <laughs> for people that do that, right? Yeah, and also because I already knew that his quality was really, like, top-notch. Mm -hmm. So when we had a good vibe writing, I felt like this this was going to be a good fit for recording as well. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, so, yeah, I mean, what's uh, what's next for you guys? Um, when does So the, uh, the alternate version of the song comes out on March 4th, is that correct? Um, no, I'm not sure. Like, um, I thought this was going to come out on March 4th. But, oh, that's right. No, I'm reading my know. email. Yeah, this uh, is coming think... out on March 4th. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not sure. I think I will receive the final mix soon, and then I want to give it like three to four weeks to sit in Spotify and arrange everything. And yeah, so definitely March. Should be out in March. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. Yeah, no, I misread the email we were sending back and forth. Um, so yeah, what's the what's the plan after after this one is released? Do you have more music in the works? Um, 
Uh, obviously, we can't be out yeah. performing anymore. But like, um, you know, what what are the things you're working on this year? Yeah. Um, I have another single sitting around. I recently. Uh, send it for pitch to uh, the National Songwriting Association. Um, so I'm gonna wait and see what happens there, and then uh, maybe release it myself. I'm not too sure about that yet, but I might release it myself. And uh, I'm also planning for later down, like I me mean, in the summer, I will record uh, a new single for the end of the year. Okay. So in general, do you? Oh, and of course, a live stream. Oh, can you? Talk a little bit about that. Um, yeah, we did. We did the first one we've ever done um, after we released 3 a.m. in January, and that was so much fun that we're going to do another live stream uh, March night. Like, it's in March. Yeah, March 19. And is is, just, is it a uh, performance? Is it like a Q and A session? Uh, what do you guys do during it? Yeah. A perform. Okay. Yeah, we're going to do a well. If there's questions, we'll answer them, but mainly just playing songs and new songs and old songs and just having fun. Is it like a um, – because I've seen, I've seen bands do like an actual performance on a live stream, but I've also seen bands do like we're just going to turn it on while we're in band practice type of thing. Is it going to be more like a performance or is it kind of like a behind-the-scenes type of thing? Yeah, it's going to be more like you're sitting in my living room and we're playing songs for you. That was the last time people felt like they were sitting in my living room, and that's kind of the vibe that we're going to yeah, keep going for, which is very low-key. It's very uh, it's very COVID era. <laughs> I've, I've, I've seen a, a few of them. Yeah, like exactly. Out, you know? <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, it's a shame. I, I, yeah, I'm sure you like, too I love didn't, Yeah. Uh, I'm saying I, I was sure. I'm sure that you love going out to see music and stuff too. So like when everything shut down, like these live streams have been a really nice way to just connect with artists. Like it's not it's not the same, of course, as being in like the actual room, but it's it'll have to do for now. Yeah. Exactly, and I think it's um, if there's something to share, then it's a fun way to do it. Uh, but yeah, it's it's nothing near how live music should be um for sure but uh yeah so so you have a couple singles coming out this year um you have some live streams coming up where can uh where can people find you online like where where do you hang out on social media what's the best way for for people to get and get a hold of you uh, i think i'm the most active on instagram um and it's just like just my name and you will find me and facebook after that are, I think my most active accounts. I do have YouTube. I'm not. I'm not too much on there. Like if I have like I record song diaries whenever I release a song. So you know, like we discussed earlier, going through the whole writing process and first voice memos and everything, and then I put them in a video. But I never do too much on YouTube ever since Facebook and Instagram have longer videos. So I think mostly those, and Spotify, of course, that's my main main focus for music. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit about Song Diaries? I don't know if I've heard of that before. Sorry, what? Can you talk a little bit more about what a Song Diary is? I don't think I've heard of it before. Oh, that's what I call when I just I just make these videos where I I just grab all my old, old voice memos and my first like pieces of writing that I had for a song and I'm just going to put them together and 
talk about them and let people listen through the verse voice memos and different verse versions I had of the song and how it came to be the final song. So I just put like several demos in there as well so you can hear the actual progress of the song. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to write down and check that out because I don't I don't think I've heard of that before but I I love that the behind the scenes stuff. I love the uh you know the uh, development of something to see how how it progressed and, and why things changed. I think that's a great idea. How, how, oh, how is the response been on those? for very off-key voice memos. <laughs> oh yeah, they always are. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, I uh, yeah the response to that well on YouTube virtually zero. Also because I'm not very active there, so I don't have any following. Um, but I got a lot of messages on Instagram and Facebook about people saying that I really liked it and like to hear the progress and they were happy to know that I didn't use the alternative alternative version and stuff so but it's mainly like I do this for myself because I love the songwriting process and I love putting it all together in one video and seeing like oh wow that happened mm -hmm. yeah I love those before and afters I, I put I put some of those up too just because uh, I I'll, I'll even do it just by myself I'll like if I'm finished a song I'll like go listen to the voice memo and then go listen to the finished product I'm like okay this is it's so fun because you always think, yeah, but you always, at least for me, I feel like the song started this way and uh, not much changed, but then I heard the old voice and I was like, oh my God, it's gotten so much better. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, it lets you know that all the uh, hard work and toiling and minutiae you've been doing actually has made a difference. Yeah, it's so nice to hear. So uh, that's why I, I, I used to delete a lot of voice memos because I had very limited storage but now I try to save all of them so I can actually keep tracking the progress of songs mm -hmm. that's really cool well I know it's getting late over there for you I don't want to keep you too long um, I ha I'll put all of your links up uh, we'll get you on the um, the about to drop uh, Spotify playlist um, is there anything else you'd like to, to talk cool. about or, or let um, let the listeners know to look out for To look out for, well, to look out for the next releases, you know, I'd love to see them online. All right, sounds great. Or at an actual venue, but <laughs> that's going to be a long, long time. Mm -hmm. um, okay, cool. Well, I think it's probably a good place to wrap up. Um, thanks so much for doing this. Uh, I really appreciate it. And um, yeah, I'll, I'll get a hold of you when this is all edited and ready to get put up. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me. It was fun to talk about music. It always is. <laughs> You got it. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for tuning in and listening to another episode of About to Drop. For more info, please go to our page, www.vertigomusic, that's V-R-T-I-G-O music.com forward slash podcast. And make sure to follow and subscribe to us on YouTube and Apple Podcasts. Thanks and see you soon.